I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. I love it when I get to speak to people who are making a really big difference in education, but coming from a slightly different perspective of the the traditional system, as it were. And, And this is what we've got today. Now, we're going to be talking about Cargo Classroom. And Cargo is led by Lawrence Hu, a poet, and Charles Golding, a filmmaker and creative director. From their own experiences in school and from their observations today, they understood that there are large parts missing from the history that is taught in schools across the UK. These missing parts include the perspectives of individuals of African and African diaspora descent, the recognition of resilience, contributions and visionary leadership of the same. And Cargo Classroom resources are made up so that these stories could be included in the history that is taught in schools at Key Stage 3. The lessons use poetry, film and illustrations to help pupils engage with the lives that they're learning about. And the lessons have been designed so they can either be taught in a sequence or experienced individually. Now, Lawrence and Charles take us through how this all came about, which is a fascinating story in itself and how it's progressing and being supported by universities and also getting into different key stages as well. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Lawrence and Charles from Cargo Classroom. Hi, Lawrence and Charles. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Far podcast. I think this is such an important conversation and I just love the way when things are brought into the world which just kind of helping people not just through the traditional formats but based on people's experience and what people want to do to help change the world so this is uh, really exciting for me so Charles why don't you start us off tell us what Cargo Classroom is and exactly where the inspiration came from. Cargo Classroom is a series of online free digital resources um, but the the journey of Cargo started maybe you know I don't know, how many years ago, Lawrence? <laughs> well, it kind, of, it kind of started, I suppose, 14 years ago, really. 14 years Very ago, yeah. Looking at, yeah. Looking at stories and bringing, and I suppose, not like so unknown, but un, quite often untold stories of achievement or accomplishments of people's contributions. And I think it kind of, 2008, when we were actually looking to go to, Benin, around voodoo and Vodon, and looking at how um, people's beliefs had inspired them to sometimes, it, that was to break the chains of slavery. That's what we're looking at then. But instead of looking at the story from the um, perspective of the oppressor of the slave trade and looking at the um, enslaved as victims, it was to look at what they had done themselves to free themselves and what had inspired them and empowered them to fight against such an oppressive um, force as um, the transact slave trade at the time. And so that's really where it, I suppose that's where it did begin, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it's a series of positive stories around uh, achievement. Um, and um, 
later Lawrence then wrote the series of poems which was to become the Cargo series. Um, and then that series of poems inspired us to develop a, um, uh, an interactive traveling exhibition space that was going to be in cargo containers and that was going to travel the UK to all the port locations in the UK and to discuss a lot of the stories and narratives that came up in and around the individuals that Lawrence wrote about in his poems. So we worked together to develop this exhibition and then Covid hit and and we were, you know, we weren't able to squeeze people into cargo containers and, tra and travel them up and down the country, even though we'd love to. Um, it was just not um, not something that was possible at that time. So we decided to flip the narrative once again and create a series of online digital lessons that were free and accessible to anybody online. So yeah, that was that's what it became. And then we and then Cargo Classroom was born, which was essentially a classroom without walls, a classroom that was accessible to everybody and that the, with the with the narrative of the poet poems and the stories as the backbone but then in, injecting them with a lots of rich visual media and creating packages that would kind of jump off the page really and that was the idea to really energize people with the stories that were on on their own incredibly engaging and in, incredibly empowering but but in combined with the the tools we use to bring them to life, they kind of even you know became even more engaging. So um, yeah, then Cargo Classroom, that, that's what that is. And we're constantly creating more lessons, creating more stories, but with a with a backbone of video and poem poetry. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where we are. And it really does make a difference, I think, for everybody learning anything in terms of how you engage with that, doesn't it? And it sounds to me that the, the way you've kind of packaged this together with your backgrounds and everything, it very much takes you out of the the classroom. As it said, like I say, it's a classroom without walls idea. So tell me a little bit about how that engagement comes across in terms of the feedback that you have and the, and the people that have been involved with it. So um, Lawrence, why don't you take us into that to begin with? So it's bringing that out of the class. I think it was creating a resource that was not trying to talk down to whoever was it was engaging with and to have something that it as Chad said it's very it's very visual so as well as covering the information that academia that needs to be done to peg it against the curriculum so it could be used in schools it's like what we are fundamentally a storytellers so we wanted to write and create very engaging and contemporary even though it's dealing with a lot of um, historic subject matter it was to write it in a very engaging and um, present day and the form of using short form poetry to condense a lot of information into a piece that might last three minutes and then everything else is built on top of there with the illustrations and video and so um it's designed primarily in a sense for people with a short attention span and so that's how we we're looking at it. it's how do we keep people engaged whose attention span could be very short we're in a time now where people are used to taking things in very small sound bites or um, information very quickly. So that was part of how this has been put together to um, deliver history, but history for the modern time. Yeah, and at the heart of the, the lessons are these kind of core illustrations that 
um, represent the individuals from each of the resources. Each resource is based around an individual, so it may cover and being contextualised by a, a moment in history, but, but it's very much focused on the individual. So it's easier for people to kind of grasp the information when it's focused on a, one person, as opposed to trying to take on a whole kind of genre or period of time, which is often... I think some of the problems with it, with it, with history, it seems so vast and it seems so impenetrable and it seems so far away. And I think if we brought, when we brought, brought the characters to life, we, we, we centered these real contemporary illustrations that can encapsulate their life within the illustration. So there's, within one image, you can see someone's whole life, you can see their journey, you know, in this very, in the same sense as a classic film poster where you get the kind of narrative drawn up um, within the one with the one composite so and these illustrations are very contemporary in terms of the style of them they feature characters that you think you could you you might know somebody that you know you 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 might recognize you know even though these are often ancient characters like Lawrence said so um yeah it's it's very much con um, contemporary you know putting putting history in a contemporary context and making it more tangible for the for the learner so we should probably just touch on the fact how people actually get involved in this. You know, is it something they sign up to? Is it something which you're delivering into schools um, remotely? Sort of how does the sort of practically how does it work for people who want to get involved? Well, that's the big part for for us really. It's that reducing barriers of engagement, and anybody can access this. There's no there's no signing up fee. There's no there's no username needed. You can go onto Cargo Classroom. Um, just Google Cargo Classroom, and it comes straight up. Um, and you 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 go on there, and you can access the information directly. And um, there's no there's no you know kind of hidden kind of you know um, sign up or, and there's no fees to be paid. I mean that was a big part of us putting the information out there. So there was no excuse. I mean Lawrence, what do you always say? <laughs> you know you did want to make sure that there was no reason for people not to use it. <laughs> we wanted to take away yeah, make sure that. And in a sense, it's like you can't really point fingers at the moment as excuses that can be put in place. So, number one, there's no information available. Number two, we don't have any money or funds to create the information that is needed. And thirdly, we don't have the funds to access or pay for the information. So we went, right, we'll make it, then it will exist. Uh, we'll put it online so it's accessible to everybody. And we'll make sure that it's free. So once it's there and the people are aware of it, and then maybe then down the line, you can look at somebody and say, so why are you not using this resource? Because they're all saying we want to and we will, but it's not there or we can't afford it. So it was very important. Well, our, our prime thing was to make sure that we created a resource that was free to access, but was made to the highest quality. And we, we often been told it's a terrible business model that we've created in a sense. And um, we don't mind that because we say, you know, we wanted to make a change. We didn't want to make change that went in our pockets. We wanted to make something that could actually be used and be effective. Uh, and that's what we've done. And being able to do it, it, it does put a smile on our faces that it, it's there and it's free. And it's being yeah. used. I think that's the other thing was we didn't want to just create something and then say, oh, look what we've made, look what we've done. And I've had lots of great people um, continue to contribute to what we're doing because it is being created to be a free resource. So we've had incredible collaborators and people have given their time and to help us make something that is, is, is quite beautiful. 
So yeah, but but free was the. Yeah, I mean, we we realise as well that you know the last thing um, teachers need are more barriers, and and this is basically our our gift to people that work really hard and 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 need all the support and help they need um, they can get. I mean, we've we've been told before by educators that. How have they got time to incorporate this into their classrooms? How can they have they got time to add more information into an already busy schedule? But what we're trying to do is add help to add value because our skill sets are from different backgrounds. We, we know Lawrence did remind me the other day that we he he has been an ed- educator, and I always say that we're not really we're not educators. We come from very different backgrounds. Um, but Lawrence has had some experience in education in his past. He's been a teacher, um, teaching IT, and and I rem- remember myself. I I was um, teaching courses in in software when I was younger as well. So we've had experiences of education, but we're not educators. We don't claim to come, you know, with that knowledge. So we work closely with teachers. Um, I I work in the television and film industry. Lawrence is a poet, and we're combining our skills to help teachers with with the engagement that's potentially lacking in their classrooms and 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 we 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 just finished a documentary with the BBC going on a journey with educators using our material to see what the responses were and to see what the reactions from um, pupils and the reactions from teachers were and it's overwhelmingly positive um and the 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 engagement from the kids is just incredible. I mean, it was shocking to us to see how well it went down and how much the the kids wanted to absorb the material. Um, so yeah, we're 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 blown away about by the success. But but there's still lots of work to be done. We we just finished a course with the Future Learn platform, which is a course for teachers to help them integrate these resources into their into their classrooms and also help them to teach a more diverse curriculum because you know often teachers feel they're going to be caught out or they feel that they're going to be the finger's going to be pointed at them if they don't necessarily know some of this information so they're often scared to teach it whereas if they go along that journey with their we've been told from other teachers that they've been along the journey of learning alongside their their classrooms and and it's been a really enriching experience and you know they they don't have to know everything um and also these these this extra information this um you know more diverse storytelling um can help to add and um, add another layer to the classroom experience so um yeah uh it's um yeah we're trying to help with the knowledge that we have from our skill sets which are very different from you know the um the average um, educator to try and you know enrich and engage I think for me it really is interesting because we often talk here about how the system can change about how the engagement can change and how the curriculum can expand and organically as well as you know the magic wand scenario is probably a long way off and even more mythical than many mythical creatures <laughs> might be um, but I think that sense of community that we talk about is often you know who's involved in supporting the children that we're helping in whichever state that comes and what you seem to have done is to be able to create this in a very organic way like say using your skill sets using the way you've done it but also like I said, it comes sort of multifaceted. You know, the, I'm sure there are many teachers who think, well, I've got my curriculum sorted and I know how I normally teach it and I feel very safe doing that. 
but I've certainly heard so many stories about that kind of the learning together, as you mentioned, you know, teacher and student learning this together and that being okay, stepping into a world which is different than my normal way of giving information or sharing the things we need to do to get through the exam and I think as soon as all those things come together and then you get the engagement and it becomes about like say real human stories about people able to relate to what's going on then it's I can see why people think it's slightly fearful but I think it becomes very real and at that point we're talking about real education and real kind of communities working together and then organically it can shift because once like I say you've managed to do it in this particular area the people will start to say oh well I've got a different skill set and a different way of sort of framing this but we could do that as well and it doesn't take away from the core things the school necessarily has to do but like I say it just gives that breadth and, and that sort of normality and and I guess Lawrence that's something which like I say, if you've got your 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 foot in both camps of knowing what it's like to be involved in the school, but also with this incredible sort of artistic focus as well, you can sort of see how both those things go hand in hand. Yeah, and I think I think one of the what we had that was really I suppose one of our the advantages we had because we're not locked within the curriculum or within the education system. And um, what we say quite a lot is that we didn't need any permission to create the resources we've made. And to go forward doing it, there was a tape, there was a, well, we're not sure. So for us, there were there were less barriers for us to create these resources. And yeah, but an experience in looking just to what make a solution rather than getting caught up with what the problem is. And especially in the last few years, with certain things going on around um, bias education or bias histories and Black Lives Matter, certain things coming up and saying, oh, this doesn't make, you know, very Eurocentric education systems so a lot of it became about the problem and conversations around the problem and we're like well this isn't a new problem it's like it's been around for a long time so let's just look at getting people together to work on a solution and the solution is to actually create these resources and and make that and, and actually make it and then work with the work with a wide and varied team of police people there so it's bringing difference together to work for a common good and that's what and that's what we enjoy is that we're not trying to step out of our lanes. We're not trying to be jacks of all trades. We stay, we stay doing the parts we enjoy. And then we look to work with the right people, the right skill sets to do everything else and all be part of it. So sometimes we might know the least about something that we're doing going forward, but we have confidence with the people we're working with that they know what they're doing at their end. And then they have confidence with us with what we're doing at our end. So it's a, it's, it's a collective, it's a, yeah, working together as a collective to go forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly that. I mean, Cargo is a collective of, of many individuals. I mean, it, it's um, myself and Lawrence, we, we, we were at the beginning, but we've amassed a huge group of people that help and, you know, support us in doing what we're doing. You know, no, nothing happens for free, right? You know, it, it takes people's time and investment to, to, to get to where we've got to. And we've got a massive team of people who offer their time and support and enthusiasm and, and expertise to to help us you know along this journey um we've we, we we've created these resources but we've got lots of other little initiatives that we run outside which are you know we ran a um a competition um a fashion competition for to try and engage children with history in a different direction so we're trying to come at them well well if you want to design some clothing in and around these historical characters 
show us what that looks like and we'll give you a prize for that you know so that's another way of kind of getting kids to kind of look at the subject matter in a kind of a lateral way which wasn't necessarily cargo classroom that wasn't our resources but that was another way of trying to explore how can you get people's attention how can you kind of pull them pull them to to the information once they're at the information they're engaged they're like wow i can't believe i didn't know this (laughs) but but it's getting it's just attracting their attention isn't it it's getting the getting the hook um and and sometimes it's the the illustrations that are the hook you know so we we print out posters big a a zero posters that we send out to schools for free because they can they can put them on their walls and then the kids can point and go who is that and then that's that's the window that's the that's the way in and then they can you know then they're, then they're then they're engaged so it's finding all those different ways in which you know that that can change and that can get better and do you think part of it is, I mean, I guess so much is, is about relating to the people that are involved. You know, it's like kind of I can identify with this, whether it's um, historically, whether it's in terms of age or race or whatever it happens to be. But also the fact that I'm not engaging with my teacher because they're just my teachers, a bit like, a bit like parents. It's that kind of they might be the greatest parents in the world saying the greatest things. Not sure I'm going to necessarily do that. Whereas, you know, a poet, you know, a filmmaker, someone who's sort of in this sort of world which is slightly out of what I know but is exciting is it's it's something which I want to just sort of tap um you know tip my toe into a little bit here and just find out more is it kind of all of those things together which just sort of opens that that door enough to kind of like say for them to get excited about but also then once they've started to see what's possible it sort of opens the floodgates a little bit yeah and I think that's why it's just in the way that the the learning is built and it's put together like I said before the poetry the language is something that they can all get to grips with. It's engaging, uh, but it's not overcomplicated. So it's not trying. So that that's that's the the gateway in, and then with the different storytelling and the illustrations and the films. So it's not just too data heavy in the sense of it's just not lots of writing, writing, writing going in. There's something always where you can come back for a minute, get something given to you, then you go in and you learn. So, and coming from a create, creative perspective, it's quite enjoyable. It was enjoyable for us at our end, I find. So it's like, I suppose it's a bit like teaching through art. But I think really that's kind of what it's a bit like. So when you get older, they call it something like art therapy. So we're trying to use art as an education tool before it becomes uh, as a, a therapeutic tool later on for someone who's damaged and they're using art to fix them so a lot of what we talk about we're not trying to we're not trying to fix broken adults which often cannot be done we're just trying to create the tools to build complete children or build uh, children to become more complete adults and through through using art and very visual so we're saying we're not trying to even um redesign a wheel there's certain mechanisms that are quite simple that have worked for millennia and often it's been information accompanied with um, images. Uh, and it's just worked. We, could give, we did a piece to something going way back, and it was around modern-day graffiti, but going back to cave paintings and drawings. And there's, there's just a certain simplicity. I think part of what we do is clever because it's simple. By not trying to be too clever, it works. And poetry, video, imagery, plus the correct factual information in the right um, balance helps to keep somebody engaged. And especially with, um, and also it is about picking the correct characters 
people that it's like that the stories themselves are interesting. And I think with us, with the first group we put out, it was a revolutionary series. And often children might want to be feel like you, we're pushing back. We want to be a bit, you know, we want to revolt a little bit. We want to be a little bit. So you're actually teaching them through people who have revolted against something that they should have revolted against. These revolutions were to make the world a better place. So that's how we started it. So it's capturing their imagination and, you know, catching some of that spark and fire that young people have in themselves and give them just enough so that they will go on to want to learn themselves instead of trying to tell you everything. I think it's trying to get that balance there. It's opening up those pathways. Yeah, there was a young um, historian we worked with and we interviewed, um, and he... He, he said he lost um, faith in history and t t being taught history at a young age and um, kind of dropped it, but then went back to it later because he was engaged to the, f to the reality that you could be at in the heart of that history. He always thought that history was something that was being told to him and there was nothing he could affect himself. And I think what, that what we're trying to say is within these stories, you can be part of those stories. There's a relevance, there's a modern relevance for these stories in your lives, whether you're revolting against something or whether you can see the oppression that that person's gone through and the fact that they've been able to change the tra trajectory of their lives, that can be something you can do as well. And it's put, putting people, putting the individual at the heart of the story and making them believe that that's something that they can do and also that they can affect the stories because a lot of these stories, and, and pass on these stories as well, because a lot of these stories people don't know about um, and, and, and it gives the students the cachet to hold that information and to be able to tell other people about these incredible characters and pass that information on as well. And I think that's a, that's, that's a great, um, great ability to you know, engage because it's something new, it's something fresh and something that they can then feel like they've got a, a foot up on somebody else because they can be telling them that story. Yeah, I think the ownership thing's really keen. And I always think about that um, with Hamilton is, is the musical, which just sort of revolutionised the perception of what going to the theatre was, especially for some younger people as well. It's like, you know, my parents have done this for ages and they go and they sing these songs and it's all a bit kind of looks one particular way. And all of a sudden there was just a new take from somebody who, one, they kind of knew, not just from a, a historical standpoint, but also from, you know, the, the composers and the people that were putting it together, the identification, the fact that, oh, my friend's been to see this and this is great and it's not what we thought musical theatre was. And so therefore I'm going to have a look as well. And then all of a sudden the whole demographic of people People that think this is now something I want to be involved in, still musical theatre, and it and it's um, and it's created in the same way as others as well, but suddenly suddenly different. But it's the contextualising of the information, though, isn't it? I mean, that was set against a backdrop that was so more relevant to a new generation that that mm. used hip hop, that used kind of contemporary culture, and in the same way with Lawrence's poetry, that's very contemporary. You know, it speaks to a generation that can understand spoken word, and that that is their vernacular. And, and, and therefore, that's the way in to, to the information. And it's the same for Hamilton. I mean, it was, it's amazing what they've done with that, you know, um, with that show. It's gone so far and beyond what it started as, you know, it's it, like you say, it's changed and informed a whole new generation. So, you know, but, but it's using the tools that, that, that people, that the kids recognise, you know, it's not, it's not coming from another world. We, we wanted to make resources that didn't feel like resources. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make material that didn't feel like a lesson. You know, it's like, it felt like something else, some kind of hybrid of, 
you know, of a of a comic book and a, and a novel, you know, and it's it's kind of sits in those two two worlds. And you look at it, you go, this is not like a, a lesson I've I've had at school. You know, there's video, there's you know, there's look, there's interactive elements, and 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 it just it's just it's not you 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 get lesson resources, you download them, and there's forms and there's boxes, and it's just and it's very regimented. This is definitely a freedom in and around the the way in which the information is presented, even though it's still formalized and it still fits into the the brackets that have to be have to to be worked within the current curriculum we've made it flexible you know the teach teachers come back to us all the time and to say how how diff, so many different ways they can use the same information they can bite off bits of the of the resources and use them in a, a multitude of different ways so it's completely flexible and it slots into the current curriculum but but there's there's a lot of freedom and flexibility within that as well and i love the way that it's also inspiring that idea of learning you know even if you take the history side out of it you know for children who are suddenly like what not only am I really engaged with this but I'm learning a lot as well and actually if I was able to engage in different areas of the curriculum in this kind of way or informed by this kind of way and created in whatever it was needed then actually this could be very different and I think that is is, is such an amazing opportunity for people because they're, they're, those things are starting to become more and more now because like you say whether it's within school or outside of school there are all sorts of courses and ways that people are putting things together and just sort of just acknowledging that that's possible and then actually being able to experience something like say which is so well received and so engaging for people that must make you feel as if you know you're, you're giving much much more from a, a, a sort of a, a context point of view as, as well as the actual content as well so Lawrence, why don't you take us into a little bit about what the sort of the journey is going forward? Is are you still going to have the the cargo tour, as it were? Is 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 the online world suddenly taking you into a different direction, or, or is it going to sort of be going hand in hand? Well, I think in the work that we're doing now, I think that's what we've got a freedom and a reach. And even when we were looking to do the original tour in the shipping containers, it was you're getting people to come to a location to engage with the work. And the whole idea around that originally, why we were going to put it in shipping containers when, um, before trying to get exhibitions into exhibition spaces in, in the UK. A lot of people even didn't understand the work or were frightened of the work, and it was hard to get access to get work seen. Um, through being online and through these resources, we we're, were able to collect globally. I was seeing that we've been able to collect with such a wide audience through these education resources here. And I feel this is the... COVID helped us in a sense that it took us, it helped us leapfrog a stage because ultimately we were looking to do education at the end after doing this huge installation. So if somebody still wanted to come along and say, oh, come on, we'll put the installation on, we might still do it. But really, I think this is, this is so enjoyable and seeing it reaching so many people globally and people connecting to it here. So I think the cargo classroom education resources and I think having a bit of a difficult time with school when I went to school. It's really enjoyable to be able to be making resources that are connected with children, especially with children that might not be within main schools, main school, uh, mainstream education. Um, so I enjoy the work that we're doing now through through the internet, through the to use social media and internet, to connect globally and giving everybody access for free. So I feel that to develop this, and one of the things we're looking at develop is to develop a series next series of, of ancient civilizations and 
doing this from taking some from all around the globe and putting them together to a, a big variation of um, humanity's contributions. So I think there's quite a bit of us to keep travelling along this path here, I feel. At one point, I thought we were done. We were getting near to done, and now it feels like we've just started all over again. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, the internet and online has given us a way to connect with people. And before, if you didn't go to the right school, you didn't go to the right university, you couldn't get access to the right library. Um, access to information used to be very limited. This is a way of giving it and um, and free for all. And I think that's that's at the crux of what we do. Yeah, you can hit a much larger audience, can't you? I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, a much more varied and um, widespread audience. But still saying that, I mean, we've done workshops in person with teachers and the power of being there in person is is there's no substitute for that um and you know to look them look people in the eyes i mean the, the impact of a workshop is going to outweigh someone skimming through an online resource so you know there's no there's no substitute for that engagement but but it's just the reach of the online material it's just you know, it's, it's huge and um and and the, the the possibilities of communication across a larger demographic um but but yeah i mean we we started just recently a foray into younger years with um a series of resources on um on a man called Lonnie Johnson who was uh in you know, a pioneer used to work for NASA um and also was the inventor of what was it Lawrence <laughs> the super soaker and the nerf gun so oh, wow. i think a lot of people know the super soaker is a huge like war pistol but the most powerful war pistol and a Nerf gun. So yes, Charles said, he worked for NASA on rocket propulsion. He was in the Air Force. And it was one day when he was messed about something around rocket propulsion by his bathroom that all of a sudden this jet of water shot out. And apparently he had the idea for the super soaker. But even when he was like, I think, seven or eight years old, he made um, a go-kart from an old line. I think it was a washing machine and lawnmower put that together then in, when he was at school he won a science um a science award making uh, a robot called linux which he yeah. did with a phone and something else but so yeah but i thought he's, that, he was an he's an inspiring character with an amazing story but the thing was how do you grab the kids attention you grab it by telling them this is the guy who invented the super soaker and nerf gun <laughs> right and then they're in that's the hook again isn't it so yeah. and then you can then they can explore wow he did that against a background of racial oppression he did that he went to, on to work at nasa to create real rockets you know it's like you know so you can see you get the hook in on something silly or something fun and then you and then you can kind of pull them along through through the you know the the, the amazement of his actual story but um, but yeah, that's that's a series of you know twelve lessons for primary, um, and yeah, we we want to do more in primary because we believe that the younger we can engage with children, the more impact the information can have. Whether that's true or not, we believe that that could be the case. So, but yeah, we we want to do more in primary. So we've got a whole series of lessons that we're developing at the moment for primary. Um, and we we started a key stage three history. And now we're just kind of broadening, so we're you know moving into STEM and um, and other and other subjects as well. So yeah, the, the the future is bright, but yeah, there's there's lots lots more to do and lots of amazing stories to uncover. Yeah, and I, I love I love that sense of like say 
we thought we were done and now we're really just beginning because once you've once you've got the people and the formats and the and the understanding um and what you said there about the hook i think is so important it's a little bit like i think of parenting sometimes it's that kind of as the adults as the grown-ups i know what i the environment i want to set i want to see how you're going to get engaged and how you're going to learn but i need to know there are certain things in place that are going to help that um and that's where our experience goes through and it's that kind of you know we think you're making the decisions but actually we're able to sort of help and guide you in those particular ways and one thing i just want to come back to in in terms of the in-person thing is that i think like say either by design or by or uh, uh a grace of of covid so to speak is that so many things have happened this way now it's that kind of we're open for business we're we're in the internet age we've got a global audience and out of those you're going to get people who want to be part of it in a in-person setting i think of podcasting you know some of the biggest podcasts now are doing live tours because people connect to it personally and they love the 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 um the closeness of, of you know earbuds and, and and sort of having that sort of almost like a one-to-one conversation but they also collectively want to be part of it they want to share it with other audience members they want to feel like they're part of this world which from a podcast point of view might be you know that particular podcast but i think from an education point of view you know i want to be with like-minded people who want to learn in this way because if if you're really engaged in this and i'm engaged in it we're going to be part of something which feels very much not like traditional school or traditional learning so to speak so therefore i want to spend more time with people like that and i think that's a really exciting way which like you say might be a real benefit of something you weren't actually originally <laughs> expecting it to be lawrence yeah it, it, the thing is what's what is nice is the unknown um doing the same old set so that's where i get my attention span is short and that's right, because I get bored. And if I keep waking up every day, for I'm just going to go and do the same thing every day. I don't want to. It's like, I need to do something else. But what we've seen here is we go along, certain avenues have suddenly been created or certain doors open, and then new opportunities arise. And we look at that and we say, oh, hey, something, here's something fresh that we can do. It's something, again, instead of just doing the same the, the same actions over and over again. And that's where the, that's where the spark jumps back in. And I think, we're doing the history, we did the thing, and it's great for us to learn, and then we learn, then we apply it, then we do it, and then we want to go and learn some more at the same time as learning with others and by using what um, our skill sets to, and I like to write, I'm just, like I said, I'm a storyteller poet, I write and write, and I can't, keep, I, I get bored telling the same poem over, but some of my poems, I've got to keep saying because they've connected so much with people, but you're a bit, later on you realise when I've heard people suddenly say, I pulled that song from the charts, because I don't want to keep hearing my song. So it's that thing where you want to keep putting something out into the world that's new. And I think there's just so so many stories to be told. And I think that's what it is. So it's just having a, a device, diverse range of stories to tell. And because I think that's really fundamentally what we are. We just, we're storytellers. And for a long time, it's been the same stories told. And, there, and there's a real hunger for new inspiring and engaging stories to be told so and 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 yeah with primary school age i love primary school primary schools front children children aren't limit i feel children aren't really limited their imagination and everything is just it's just flowing so creating stories for them so they can then go to see what they want to do when they when when they're going up into secondary school rather than telling them you should go and do this it's like let's give you some tools inspire you show you people what people have done from all walks of life so that you can see that you could be anybody you want to be 
And I think that's where the excitement's come back in now to go down and create these resources for primary school children, um, just to let them go into the world and see who they want to be. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And, and like I say, the world sort of becomes your oyster from that point of view. And, and uh, yeah, really interesting to see how those skills and those tools, like you say, that you're able to share and develop then change their experience of secondary school. And I, I think the more experience you've got of that and the more people that sort of start secondary school with that as part of their armory, then I think it does develop and change in a different way because that's what people are looking for. And so if they don't quite get it, they're going to be asking questions about why not or can we do this or we've experienced this particular situation in primary and we know there's an option to do it in secondary can we sort of do that and i think it will start to morph and, and progress from there and um and and as we start to sort of wrap up i know you've sort of been working with the university of bristol as well how does that how has that collaboration come about and, and how has that sort of been working um why don't you take us into that charles um yeah well the university of bristol have kind of been um supporters early supporters of what we were doing i mean they they um, came to our initial kind of soft launch back in 2018, was it? 2018? 19. Yeah, 2019. Um, and we they, they came there to have a look at an installation we created. We created an immersive, you know, um, box where, you know, that had video inside and um, and they they came to view our work. Um, and yeah, they... they um, have offered help and offered engagement through other members of faculty at the university, and and we've started to work with the university um, with the um, school of education um, and a number of um, you know academics there to try and work out different ways in which we can get some of the information we talk about within our resources to to a wider audience. I mean they're they they're on they're on a big push to what they call decolonize the curriculum. Um, which is in, inverted commas a little bit there because we, we we often a little bit wary when we hear that statement because we're not sure really what that means. But but they they were on a push to to look as if they were engaging with other organisations that were trying to push more diverse narratives. So yeah, they they they've been really great to us. They've really supported what we've done and they've helped us with by bringing teachers to us um, and also um, offering us opportunities like the. Um, the uh, uh, what's it the uh, the course yeah the future learn course which is something that they brought to us um, and and as a method of trying to you know educate teachers because that's a big part of their remit isn't it trying to get the teachers more comfortable with the material and the teachers more um, you know um, more skilled in um, delivering alternative kind of histories so so yeah they they uh, they've they've been brilliant and really really great supporters of our work. And I think for me, this is a really great lesson in in how this sort of development can happen. Because like you said, you could have created the most engaging, wonderful things sat on a website that no one's looking at or, or sat on a website that some people are looking at, but with the option of engaging with so many other people. Like saying, it's the teachers that are bringing it into a format that students can initially start to understand and to be put into their curriculum in a way that's going to work for them and like I say making that connection with teachers to get more of them to do it and also for them to feel like this is something we want to do because we've heard a university helping and supporting this as well it, it takes all those sort of factors to come together and I think the way that you've done it so organically and and I guess there's a lot of purpose in there as well but I, I think with, with, without all the shackles of kind of like you said earlier on about 
it's education and education looks this way and we're going to try and figure out a way of slotting it in i think the freshness of just we're going to do it with our skill set in a way that we can which we know will make a difference and then engaging all those people in those different ways i think is is really exciting and, and, and i wish you the <laughs> wish you the very best with it because like i say it really does sound like it's the it's the beginning of the journey really rather than rather than the end so um so tell us where people can go and, and find out more. If you want someone to go in and, and start us off, Lawrence, where, where, where should they head to? Where's, the, where's that important website? Well, they should go to cargomovement.org and you go there. And also just put, or you can just go Cargo Classroom, put that into your search engine. It'll take you straight to the website. And that's the first point of call. And there they can access the current batch of lessons where one thing we didn't discuss, half of them at the moment are downloadable. But it's just going through a revamp. They're just all being, um, I suppose, Cargo Classroom 2.0. So they're all going to be accessible through the cloud. So there's no download needed. There's no data needed on a phone. So they will be completely free to access. And to be fair, when we first did the download versions, which I still love, um, I was amazed by them and how they worked. But now that you see them on the new cloud-based version, because some people are finding that the package to download is a bit bulky and could be clunky and sometimes the download could break. The the smoothness in which they in which you go through that, it's yeah, it's a, a lot of hard work from Chaz at his end and his team there in, in upgrading these to work like this. But that's the smoothness, that's what it's going through. So by early next year, we should have them all just direct without any download needing to be required. But cargomovement.org or just put Cargo Classroom in and that will bring you straight in there. Yeah, we'll go to Car- Cargo Movement in, on the Instagram and yeah. yeah, you can see some some of our work there as well. Fantastic. And we'll, we'll put links on, on the on, on the website for the, for the show notes for this as well. And Charles, just to finish off, I guess um, what Lawrence has just said there is kind of a, a practical and typical example of what you said. You don't know what the future holds. There's always development. There's always new things to do. And having well welcoming that with open arms is something which is like say, fearful for so many people going back to some of this what we said before but actually it's part and parcel of what learning's about and what progression's about and and, and and part of your journey as well yes exciting i think you know that's the that's the bit that kind of fires us up it's kind of refining honing changing adapting just making it better you know we started one place and we finished another place and we're going to continue in a completely another direction because that's what it requires you need to have that freedom and flexibility to kind of keep pushing forward so um and and that's the that's the exciting bit for us you know it's just making making a change doing something different you know it's something using it's information that's been there for thousands of years you know some of these stories of ancient you know but we're just kind of twisting them up a little bit and then putting them in a slightly different direction and and hopefully that makes people sit up and look and listen fantastic well thank you both for, for coming on and, and, and sharing your story and and the journey and it's the reason i do the podcast because you know it sounds so fresh it sounds so involved and integrated and exciting um and everything which not isn't necessarily the perception that people think about when they're thinking about being in school and learning no thanks mark thank you mark Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. 
Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.